Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about devices to track your sleep, to track your activity level, and your recovery. We're going to give you a little bit of a review on our personal experiences with these devices and how we use the data, and then also how we utilize these devices in our coaching in getting an inside look through data on how our clients are doing and how we as coaches can help them. So I know we've done a previous podcast on HRV, but I would like to just briefly describe what that is because this is something that's really evolutionized the um, the data that can be collected not only just on stress and um, and things like that, but it's also very reflective of how well you're recovering and how well you're sleeping and things like that. So the HRV, if you think about um, like the metaphor that of a metronome, okay? So a heart doesn't really beat like a metronome. It actually changes its rhythm at each beat. And this constant variation in milliseconds between your heartbeat is known as HRV or heart rate variability. So in some cases, this increase in variation, which means that you have a high HRV, um, that will indicate that you are basically in that rest and digest mode um, and that you have a good balance of parasympathetic and sympathetic, your fight or flight. Um, And then if you have a low HRV, then that's going to indicate that you are in fight or flight more often than not. And your body responds to these daily stressors and um, some of the things that, you know, are regulated within these different modes that you're in are heart rate, respiration, and digestion. And I've seen this firsthand, um, my clients that don't get into rest and digest, they have um, trouble with constipation, for example. Yeah. Um, basically, that rest and digest just tells your heart to slow down, make room, uh, making room for that variability in between your beats. And so that fight or flight system, it's your trigger system. It just tells your heart rate to speed up, and then that limits the space for variability, indicating a lower HRV. So there are some factors that you can control. There's some that you can't when it comes to HRV. Obviously, your age, gender, hormone cycles, emotions, stress, um, illness, those are things that you can't really control. But factors that you are in charge of that you can make huge strides towards increasing your HRV score is your sleep routine. Uh, For example, like your room temperature, Um, your nutrition, if you actually drink alcohol, caffeine, um, certain types of medication and even dehydration can lower your score um, or it can positively affect it if you're eating a well-balanced diet um, along with obvious physical fitness. Now, some people will notice that obviously when you're having that acute stress, exercise is acute stress. So even though your score for HRV during the exercise bout may be lower, Typically, Mm -hmm. it raises even higher after um, in that recovery phase because physical fitness is good for your heart. 
So with that, um, we, we're going to kind of go over our evolution of devices. So Chris, I know that you, I think just as of this year, you got the Apple Watch. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I started utilizing it, um, I would say probably like early spring. Okay. So you're previously using the Fitbit. And yeah. for those of our audience that don't know the price of a Fitbit, what is it, like 80 100 bucks, mm-hmm. something like yeah, that? Yeah, 80 to 100 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So what were some limitations that you found? And we're not hating on Fitbit. So sorry, Fitbit. Yeah. We're, we're just kind of giving you our product assessment. We're not sponsored by Apple or Aura or Whoop <laughs> or any of these devices. Trust me, this is an unfunded podcast. <laughs> we do this for free. Um, so there's no bias here. But um, just for personal experience. So yeah. what are some advantages that you have noticed that the Fitbit doesn't quite fit the bill for. Yeah. So I did like that the Fitbit um, would give me notifications when I reached my step goal. So I did like that it would vibrate when I hit, uh, and you can change it within the app, the Fitbit app on your phone. So I would, if I had a goal of, say, I don't know, 16,000, I would set my goal for 10,000 so that I would get like a vibration on my wrist when I hit 10 and I would know I was like halfway through my goal. So um, I did kind of like that where I didn't have to constantly like check my numbers on my app. I just could kind of like um, just like tap real quickly on my app on my Fitbit and I would get the number. Once you get past 10,000, though, it just reads as, like, 10K. So you can't see how many steps you have until 11K or 12K. So, oh, weird. Um, yeah. That's strange. So that I didn't was, even know that. Yeah. So I would have to actually, like, go into my phone, into the app, and then look at the total amount of steps. So I wouldn't know. Yeah. So it was, like, a little bit tedious um, in that respect. Um but I did like the notifications. I really wanted to have an HRV reading. So that's kind of why I moved away or I upgraded from the Fitbit and kind of went to the Apple Watch because it did have that um, technology. Uh, it, the Fitbit did measure my heart rate, but it didn't necessarily give me as much data and details as far as like trends throughout the day. Um, it was a great way to start. Like if you're just getting started with a step goal and you just want to have like something simple, it w- was like not cumbersome. It was pretty comfortable to wear. It lasted for a long time as well too. I didn't have to charge it like every single night. It would last a couple of days. Um, but again, like I wanted a little bit more data. So that's kind of why I moved away from that Fitbit. Yeah. And so also it, so the advantages of the Fitbit is that it communicates with any phone. So if you're not an iPhone user, that can be advantageous, but you are an iPhone user. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then any other differences about Apple that you've noticed other than just the HRV that um, are kind of motivating or uh, features that you like? Um, as far as like the switching to the Apple Watch, mm-hmm. I really liked the three rings that they have for the watch. So okay. they have a move ring the exercise ring, and then the stand goal ring. Um, So, again, it kind of is like leveling up. So you have – you can adjust the move 
but um, the move goal, but the exercise and the stand goal are just like a flat platform. So Which... I actually really liked having those to motivate me to like just keep moving on a regular basis or make sure I'm moving every hour. Uh, the Fitbit did give me notifications to move every hour. It would say like get 250 steps. Um, but after a while, I just start ignoring that. And with the Apple uh, ring, once you that hour passes, you can't get the hour back. So I don't know. It's a little bit more motivating. I wanted to, to complete that at the end of the day. Yeah, so those of you that aren't Apple users, it requires that you meet a 12-hour stand goal in order to complete your stand goal. And then it requires that you do at least 30 minutes of exercise, which those can be really moderate activities. Yoga is like one of the activity options, you know, mm -hmm. a walk, things like that. So um, just 30 minutes of movement, not necessarily like hard training or anything like that. Um, right. So those are some differences. And then... Um, when it comes to the Apple Watch and some of the other features, too, that I enjoy is just that you can, like, challenge other people. It gives you awards for certain items. And then it also, yeah. um, you can, if you have the 5 Series, my sister really likes to swim as exercise. And so she puts it in swim mode, and it actually tracks her type of stroke. And it oh. tracks the meters, and then she presses this little button, and it like makes this sigh sound, and it gets rid of the water out of the out of the watch. Um, and wow. I mean, her children are very into swimming; they love it. And so, in order to get her exercise and to sneak it in, she has started swimming. And I think that's a really cool feature on Apple that I don't think other watches have. So yeah, absolutely. So I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> I I'm a land girl, so <laughs> I don't use that feature on my Apple Watch. But um, speaking in terms of, okay, so we were posing yesterday. <laughs> I just wanted to share this yeah. with the listeners. So we're posing yesterday, and I'm, like, noticing she's double-fisted. So she's got two watches on both wrists. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what your other watch does that the Apple yeah. does not? Okay. Yes. So I have been using the whoop strap. Um, when I started with the Apple Watch, I really wanted to utilize that for my step goal, my activity. Um, but I have really liked utilizing the whoop strap for more of recovery and sleep data. Um, it's kind of helped me hone in on my nighttime routine because each morning I will get a sleep score. So they have uh, like a color-coded um, graph where a red score is really low recovery, uh, yellow is like a moderate, and green is optimal recovery. So you can kind of look at your um, reading in the morning and determine how sometimes for some athletes they determine if they need to do a rest day that day because they don't, they don't have optimal recovery. Um, for me, I really look at my nighttime routine and see what's helping me get the most rest and the most efficient sleep each night. So, uh, yeah, the whoop strap has really helped me kind of like solidify a nighttime routine. And I've had some clients utilize it as well too, where, you know, I had one client I talked to earlier this week and she was getting a lot of yellow recovery and she's normally in the green, 
So we kind of talked through like what was happening that week and what she was doing before bed. And we solidified that reading for her before she goes to bed at night really helps her relax. And so that is something that we uh, brought back into her routine so that she could make sure she's getting optimal rest. Yeah, I love that. And so I have a client too that utilizes the Whoop app and um, this particular individual was having a lot of trouble with their adrenals and um, the adrenal fatigue, I know that's not actually a medical term, but um, she was clearly not having her menstrual cycle. So as we talked about in the last podcast, it's very, that's a huge indicator for females that something should be looked into. So her functional medicine doctor actually recommended the Whoop app, and that was my first introduction to it. And once she started paying attention to her readiness score um, and if it was an optimal day to train, she would go hard on the days that, you know, in the morning it would say that it was an optimal day. Um, And then she would kind of deload. And, you know, she at that point was just – in an improvement season so the main goal at that point was to just get her hormones back to being healthy so she you know intuitively would kind of go through her training cycle and take deloads as needed when um you know her her app was telling her that you know it was not an optimal day so I know in your case like you're training hard because you're very close to your show so you're training you know six days a week so um what are some things that I know that you said you've, you've kind of just had to look at it more as a tool to track your sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there specific items that you change when you see that things aren't great? Yeah. I noticed that my nighttime relaxing routine needs to start earlier. Um, So making sure that electronics are away and making sure that I'm taking time to relax before I actually get into bed. And then, the Whoop app does actually give you um, a a reading of your sleep, like your the different stages of sleep that you get into. It will track your heart rate throughout the night, and so you can see where your heart rate might spike or where you might wake up. Um, so it kind of, I mean, it gives you a lot of data what happens through the night, and so it kind of makes me pay attention to my sleep environment, making sure that um sleeping in a dark room, that it's nice and cool. Uh, And again, I'm taking plenty of time to relax and then making sure my sleep duration, because sometimes we can go to bed at nine o'clock and then, or we can go to bed and get eight hours of sleep, but it could be poor sleep. So just making sure that my body is getting into a, a good sleep cycle and getting plenty of rest. I also have found that sometimes I can wake up and feel pretty great but my recovery will read poor or on a poor scale or maybe the moderate scale. And so um, it just gives you a little bit more detail of like what happens throughout the night. And sometimes like intuition is, is not always correct. So it's been very interesting. And um, yeah. And, and along with the sleep, it does help me look at my daily strain. So the strain goal is to kind of tell you, uh, how hard you're working throughout the day or or how much your heart rate has elevated. You can implement activities. So you can kind of like kind of how the Apple Watch has. You can click a bunch of things and, um, you know, put in walking or yoga or strength training and put in the duration. 
um, but the the whoop strap will automatically calc- it'll automatically recognize your strain without having to put in those activities. And so you can see sometimes if I have a really stressful day, but I haven't been super active, my strain rate will still go up pretty high. And so I can look look at that in mirror reflection of my recovery um, the night afterward. And also, the last thing that I wanted to mention is the strain has actually been really positive for me to make sure that I'm pushing myself in my workout. I think sometimes, uh, if, especially if you're doing like a progressive overload and you're hitting the same exercises on a regular basis, you can um, your intensity level can decrease if you're not paying attention. So that's actually been really helpful in making sure that I'm putting everything that I need to into my workouts as well. Yeah, and I know some people don't even use the Apple Watch and they just use the Whoop app. And the main thing, I I think one of the main items as to why people enjoy that one over the other is like the Apple Watch, you cannot, the battery life is basically you have to have it on the charger at night. And yeah. what's the difference with the Whoop app? How long does the Whoop last? Um, it's lasted three or four days. And the nice thing about the whoop strap on your wrist is that it actually has a battery that you slide onto the whoop strap. So you never have to take it off of your wrist. It will actually charge while you're wearing it. Um, and it charges pretty fast. I would say it charges within maybe, maybe two hours. Um, so yeah, that's a really nice feature. So disadvantages of that, I would say, is that you have to have a monthly subscription. So it's thirty dollars yeah. a month, making yeah. it what an, a year? Three sixty. So yeah. if you pay every month for twelve months, it's three sixty a year. Yeah, and that's continuous, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like something that stops. Um, yeah, if you want your data, you have to pay every every month. Right. So when we're talking about so the next device that I kind of want to bring up because it's it doesn't have um, quite the same features as the Whoop, but some of the allure to this, so it's the Aura Ring. So it looks like a mm-hmm. wedding ring. It's a titanium band that fits around your finger. Um, basically, it does a lot of the different things that Whoop does. I have clients, personally, that use this, and they wear it at night, and then they wear their watch during the day. You can Hmm. technically wear it all the time, though, and it will still track your activity. It will track your readiness, just like Whoop, and then it's really focused on sleep. So you can charge it on a wireless charger, and it charges within, like, one hour, but you don't have to charge it. It The battery life's, like, seven days. So, again, another advantage. Um, And this is just a one-time cost. It's not, like, a monthly subscription like Whoop where you pay $2.99 for the ring and then you have it like essentially for life. So it really breaks down sleep um, into lots of different categories and then kind of like lets you know. Um, and it still tracks HRV and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's um, so I have a lot of clients. If they use that, they kind of give me at their check-in, they give me like their data on how many hours, because one of our, items on our on our check-in list for our clients is they need to report how their sleep was for the week and so it's yeah. nice the clients can kind of show me with their data you know from their aura ring um mm-hmm. they can just kind of break that down and then I can look over it and a lot of times it's very the results 
correlate so much to the hours and quality of sleep. So yeah. I'll find that a client will, I mean, just for example, um, last week or this Monday, I had a, um, one of my athletes check in and she had great sleep the whole week, like eight to nine hours. And she had a drop by like two pounds. And the week before was not great sleep. And we kind of plateaued. Yeah. So it's definitely something to to look into when you're looking to get those optimal results. Um, I would say that these devices are for higher level athletes um, yeah. in terms of those are probably the people, the populations that can best utilize them um, because we our jobs are training. And so we have to really have like a finite, you know, we have to be able to sort through that data with a fine tooth comb to just really um, tease out like any kind of blips that we have. So would yeah. you, do you have anything to add on any of those devices? Yeah, I actually uh, wanted to mention, I am an Apple Watch fan and I have noticed because a lot of people say that it, like the bat- the battery doesn't last super long. Um, mm-hmm. If you put your Apple Watch on Do Not Disturb, um, which again you're taking away notifications if you do need those, um, it does make the battery last a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I have gotten through the day and it's only been like at fifty percent instead of ten. So if you're finding that you don't have a chance to charge it, or you know, like you're running around, maybe hitting the Do Not Disturb can help the battery life last a little bit longer. Um, yeah, and I, I do. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that that will help get people into rest and digest a little bit better, too, Yeah. when we're speaking in terms of HRV, because there is an, an airplane mode for your watch that, um, yeah. it, it's like, even if I put, if I silence my phone because I'm doing work and I want to be in deep work and focused, my watch will keep dinging. I yeah. have noticed, like, that's a stimulus, so... Whether or not it feels like fight or flight, it's really triggering that response to get overstimulated uh, when you're getting like an Instagram notification and a group yeah. notification and text notification and a calendar and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, there's pluses and minuses. One thing I do like about Apple is that my watch has a remote video timer and um, yeah. camera. So, yeah. I mean... For progress pictures, it is awesome because you can just press the button and start your video. And so mm-hmm. it's like a remote. I like it that a lot. so much easier. Yeah. So, so much easier. Yeah. I didn't mean uh, to that is even... mess up your train of thought, though. I felt like I no, kind of interrupted. That's, okay. that's a good point, though, because that is one thing that I actually wanted the Apple Watch for. And I had to upgrade my phone because I was like in the dinosaur era with my <laughs> iPhone and I had to upgrade it, but it was worth it. It was totally worth it to use that camera to take better check-in photos. Yeah. My um, family appreciates it too, because at family get togethers, you know, there's yeah. always one person out of the photo. And so I'll yeah. prop up my phone and I'll get my Apple watch ready. I'll be like, okay guys, 10 count down. Everybody gets in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to add on to, because I know you were talking so much about HRV and I think it's important to note, like, the Apple Watch does give an HRV uh, reading throughout the day. And the more, I think we mentioned this in a podcast before, the more that you use the breathing app, um, the more you'll get data points. Um, mm-hmm. But that, I feel like, has been really helpful in finding what activities help increase my HRV and which, which ones I find 
uh, decrease it. Yes. Um, whereas like the whoop, they only give you a reading in the morning. Oh, so okay. you don't, yeah, you don't get a chart throughout the day like the Apple Watch provides. So I kind of, I like that aspect of the Apple Watch. Um, but as far as like sleep, I do like that the whoop strap gives you like a journal. So you get to pick which um, like key points you want to uh, log every single morning. So you could say mm-hmm. like had a late meal, um, did stretching, um, you know, like you can check off which boxes you want to log constant information. And it does give you a monthly uh, report at the end of the month. So you could see like, okay, late meals are disrupting my sleep or, oh, yeah. um, you know, like what other kind of activities. So it'll mm-hmm. simplify it for you. So you can kind of look at that, that chart. Um, yeah. I have something a- anecdotal to kind of add to that. And I think yeah. that, um, I think we've already mentioned that Apple versus Fitbit has the breathing app. Um, yeah. And it does remind you, it actually senses when you're stressed and it'll be like, now is a good time to breathe <laughs> so you can become creative. They say something like basically like chill out, you know. Um, yeah. But what I noticed is my HRV scores were really kind of crappy this week. So yeah. um, yesterday I saw this like blowout special. So I went ahead and I got a blowout. So they gave me like a scalp massage and I was forced to sit <laughs> for an hour and just relax. Yeah. And my HRV score improved by like 50 um, just from earlier wow. that day. And then the day before, same story, I made sure that I um, implemented my weekly massage uh, just because I was noticing that my HRV scores were really suffering. And then miraculously, you know, it goes from like 20 to 100 after the massage. So Amazing. you can really see it. I mean, you can see it right in front of you. Um, so the numbers don't lie. But before we close out this podcast, we've given our review, but uh, we also wanted to share just for anybody, I mean, if you're living the prep life, you know that you have to balance and juggle so many things and getting your steps in as part of that non-exercise activity, that's super important for hitting that step goal and getting that movement. So we wanted to share some, like it's a top 10 on how to, um, incorporate your walks with some sort of multitask so to address some aspect of the prep life so Mm -hmm. do you want to just start out this top 10 for us or sure so yeah being efficient with your movement is yeah I agree super important and I get so many questions of like how do you get so many steps and you have to be like very creative Mm -hmm. so Number one that's really helped me is getting up and getting a walk first thing in the morning. So we know that morning movement is really healthy for you. But um, I know you do this too, Amy. Like I I have a treadmill in the basement and that's one of the first things I do after brushing my teeth is get on that treadmill and knock out 20 minutes. um, And I'll be able to like check my phone, respond to text messages from the night before, anything like that. So first thing in the morning, a morning walk, or getting outside and getting some fresh air and sunshine will help you wake up as well, too. Yeah, and I I mean, I used to just incorporate, um, I mean, my dog needs a walk every morning, and when school was actually normal, <laughs> I had to actually yeah. walk my kids to school. So that was always good to just get out in nature and get unplugged. Um 
so some other things that I'll do is just kind of just walk through nature uh, to just pull myself away from stimuli. Um, so walking mm-hmm. and meditating. I mean, I'm not, you know me, I am like not the best at meditating, but I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel like appreciating nature and like yeah. the sun on your face and or like the shade and the trees um, and just taking in all of the colorful sights and sound of the outdoors can really lower my stress levels and then I use it as a coping mechanism like if I feel like an urge of anxiety or like a binge coming on then I'll just come I'll go out walk in nature and usually like that that feeling or that urge subsides for me so that's great yeah another thing that's been really helpful is any time that I have um, a client call where I need to be on the phone I'll, same thing, hop on the treadmill or I will find a place to walk because I can move and also communicate with uh, that client. Um, and a lot of times, like for Glam Girl, we have our weekly phone conferences. And so I'll do both things at once. And a lot of times my clients, while they're catching up with me, are doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's almost like we're going for a walk together. We're catching up with how their <laughs> prep is going and it benefits both people. Yeah. It's funny. Um, the days that you would think like when I have the most phone calls and I have the most meetings, those are the days where I like crush it on steps. I get like 17,000 yeah. or 20,000 because I'm just literally walking on a treadmill and it's at a very slow pace, but it's enough that, um, it makes a difference. And if I notice that if I'm not on a treadmill where it's like making my feet move, and I'm just yeah. trying to walk around the house. It is not the same. Um, sometimes yeah. it doesn't even count for me standing, which is weird because I'm standing the entire <laughs> time. Um, but You're that's so a little bit of a tangent. But I, I, I even yeah. do posing. Like, you'll know that I will pose and I'll, like, take screenshots, like, while I'm on the treadmill. Yeah. But it's very efficient. Um, okay. So the other one would just be, you know, making time for connections as well with just not work meetings but like your loved ones or um Mm -hmm. scheduling time maybe even if it's just you know in this pandemic world it's nice to social distance and just you know do like a girlfriend like walking day or something like that so yeah absolutely um another thing that I really like to do while uh walking is learn something new so um like if there's something that you've always wanted to be like more educated about, now's the chance to be able to utilize that. So some people want to learn a new language. Um, I know for you and I, Amy, a lot of times it's uh, listening to an educational podcast. Um, some people like to watch YouTube channels, like whatever it is. I love being able to learn and you can definitely move. Uh, when I was in school, I would take my textbook and put it on the treadmill and read or study my notes for my exam on the treadmill so that I could knock out my steps and make sure I was staying up with my schoolwork. Yeah, I usually I'll listen to a motivational podcast um, or I'll just put on like one of those YouTube just kind of like pump up videos. Well, mm-hmm. if I'm just trying to like suffer through some cardio or whatever, I'll I'll try to just like distract the mind. Um, so, but yeah, I, I definitely utilize the podcast as well. Um, and then I think we're on number seven. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So brainstorming, do you want me to take this one? I just totally took it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the okay. first you had like learn a new item, and then I had the listen to educational podcasts, and then oh yeah. yeah. So, so brainstorming. Um, I actually really love doing this on my phone. I have the notes app, or um, uh, I have like another app that will do like bullet points or checklists. And so I will, um, you know, if I'm trying to brainstorm ideas, you know, like what we want to cover in a podcast that week, or I'm thinking about, um, you know, like some strategies I want to use for my clients. Um, I can, I'll either like work in that notes pad and like bullet point some things that I want to get done that I may need to do when I'm actually sitting down. So um, I'm maximizing my time there. Or um, if you're utilizing like a, uh, food tracker while you're on the treadmill, you know, like start logging your food mm -hmm. uh, for the day or log your food for the next day. So you have your meal plan all set up. Um, I'll even be able to like check my email and communicate with some clients or um, work, do some work on my phone as well, too. So mm -hmm. really, as much as you can do while you're moving, um, I would like maximize that time and then I will make a checklist for the things I need to do while I'm sitting down so that it's you know like super efficient so when I'm sitting there that's getting executed and then I go back up a walk again yeah yeah and so number eight is just get your family involved and this one is really it's a, our special family time um, it kind of triggers our nighttime routine kind of piggybacking off of some of the topics that have, have gone on so um, after dinner we will go on a really long family walk with our dog. And by then, my husband's able to join us because he's done with work for the day. And it's just a good way for us to uh, make sure that there's no distraction. Uh, we just have to, we're forced to talk with each other, you know, and see yeah. how everyone's day went. And um, it's a good thing. And, you know, that kind of triggers when we get back, you know, we start our nighttime routine where we're reading and I'm foam rolling and, uh, we kind of reflect on like the things that we're grateful for um, during the day and some good things and positive things that happen during the day. So it's kind of like a, a, a recap of the day and a way to unwind. Yeah, that's really great. And while I was visiting family, I did the same thing. I asked people if they wanted to go for a walk. Um, and it was a great way to be able to catch up with people and still make my sub goal each day. So I yeah. think that's great. Um, number nine is mm -hmm. saving social media. Uh, so again, anything you could do while you are stepping or taking a walk um, makes you, I mean, posting on social media is something really easy to do. I mean, people walk around and are on their phones anyway. So if you're on the treadmill, um, a lot of times I will write out a post or in, again, in my notes pad, I'll write out a post for the next day. Um, just to get ahead of everything, but utilizing that while you're on or like scrolling and catching up with people and commenting, like all of that you could do, uh, while walking on the treadmill as well. Yeah. That's always one that I, that's the only time I spend on social media usually is just when I'm, yeah. um, multitasking on, on a cardio piece. Um, and then yeah. the last one is just number 10 is just me time and self care. So I use this like as a brain break. Um, so if I've just been sitting for way too long and especially like mid afternoon where I'm just at the computer for a long time, I'll just go out, I'll make it a short walk, maybe like a 10 minute walk, but, um, just something to get me like kind of my blood flowing so that I can, you know, 
don't feel like burnt out <laughs> at the computer. Yeah. So that's the top 10. Uh, anything before we sign off um, in regards to today's podcast topic? No, I think we covered a lot. Hopefully this helps people make good decisions about uh, what tracking device they want to utilize. And um, then they can join us in our step challenge on Instagram and uh, join the fun. Yeah. And I, I would really like um, to do a little giveaway. I know we haven't done one in a long time, but um, if there, if you feel like it's on your heart to leave us a review, uh, if you found value in this podcast, uh, what I was going to do is look through over the month of September, some of the reviews that are posted there. So if you're able to leave us a review, I would like to give away, I'm going to do like a drawing for a hoodie, a Glam Girl hoodie. It's stitched. It's $50 value. Um, so the only requirement is, is that we, we would need to know who it's coming from. So if you can tag us on Instagram in your story, just take a screenshot of your review and tag us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast, or you can even do at Glam Girl Bikini on IG, uh, either one of those ways. Uh, so for the month of September, by then it's probably going to be a little bit more uh, sweatshirt weather. And they're really nice. Like both Chris and I, would you agree that those hoodies are? They're good quality. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like nice fleece lined almost um and yeah. they've got like an off skew zipper which is kind of bougie trendy um it's so stylish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um that's all i've got so this is your founder and ceo of glam girl bikini and you can find us on the web to apply at glamgirlbikini.com it's amy anger and my fabulous co-host <laughs> <laughs> I always forget my own name. Say, her name is I know. Amy. <laughs> my name is Amy. Hi. Nice to meet you. Yes. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.